0: Hey everyone, Chandler here, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you that loudspeaker can now be heard practically anywhere. From Android to Apple, our podcast is now being shown on some of the most popular apps on the web and on your mobile devices. For more information, go to speechneverdies.org. Thanks for listening, and now to our program. Voice is good, voice good, voice good, voice is the voice good. You know you want it loud. you know you want it loud. You know you want it
1: loud. loud. You want it
0: loud. Loud! You know you want it loud. Louder. I can't hear you. What?
1: And you're listening to the loud To loud.
0: <laughs> you're listening to Loudspeaker.
2: Dom, the world is so full of a number of things. I'm sure we should all be as happy as. But are we? No. Definitely no. Positively no. Decidedly no. Uh-uh. Short people have long faces. And long people have short faces. Big people have a little humor, and little people have no humor at
1: all. <laughs> and in the words of that immortal bard, Samuel J. Snodgrass, as he was about to be led to the guillotine, make em laugh, make em laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh, my
0: dad said... Hey everybody, welcome to Loudspeaker Soundbites. I'm Chandler Johnson. Today's episode is all about <laughs> laughter. More specifically, using laughter as a coping mechanism. Today, we follow one man's journey to making one of the most public spaces one of the most intimate ones. To begin our story, we start with this. Live from
2: New York, it's Saturday Night! Oh my God,
1: that is
2: hilarious! Comedy, for me, was, you know, the appreciation at least was very young.
0: This is Ryan Cashman, and he loves comedy.
2: My dad, um, he introduced me to like all you know, all the whole SNL. Like watching like watching SNL for the first time, watching things like Tommy Boy for the first time. Um, you know, I I grew up on like like David Spade sort of storytelly type of humor.
0: Fortunately, in Scottsdale, where I'm from, they've got a program where if you're too drunk to drive, you get a free ride. Great. So I called him the other day and I said, hello? <sighs>
2: yeah, um, I'm too drunk to drive. Can you take me to work? <laughs> and then the reason why they were so funny, um, some of the more storytelling comedians, I liked it because it was something that I was like, oh my gosh, it wasn't just like a joke. It was a bunch of jokes in an entire story and there was a build to it and there was a narrative to it. So... Narrative comedy was something that I really liked, uh, and also I, you know, from a young age, I used comedy as a defense mechanism, how it's and how it's, and I used it as my way to communicate.
0: And as Ryan grew up, he became really good at comedy and communication. So much, in fact, that he won multiple speech awards, including three national championships in after dinner speaking. This is audio from Ryan winning a national championship in 2011. <laughs> But after forensics, the awards, and school, things begin to change for Ryan.
2: So, um, a couple different things. I don't, I don't want to give too much away, so I'll do it on a high level because I know I'm going to end up doing an episode uh, about it. Um, spoiler alert. But uh, I, um, I moved to Chicago after I graduated. Um, I didn't really do another outlet when right? I moved to Chicago, um, I didn't do like a second city or like a stand-up thing. Uh, I was just kind of doing my job and I was trying to figure out like, how do I balance life together? And I was trying to figure out all these things. Um, and there was a lot of transition in my life. So it was moving to the city. It was moving to a new job from a job that I got right out of college. It was my now ex-girlfriend is moved to Seattle, uh, or Spokane rather. Um, for a journalism job. And, um, there was a lot of just a lot of shuffling that went on. The job didn't end up working out. I had been paying like a really expensive rent and I decided to kind of blow my savings on trying to find a new job. Um, you know, moving, moving to an, uh, you know a place where that job also kind of gave me a lot of complexes with myself like I didn't know if I was going to be like if I was a good writer if I didn't know if I was a good storyteller because you go and you're in this you know, activity and speech and stuff and whether you have success or not you have a group of people who are very supportive of you and um, whatever you want to do because your ideas are very much like oh yeah we can make that work and you kind of get into the real world and they slap you in the face and they go not everything you want can work and so that you know it was a lot of life lessons and then kind of most recently uh, at the end End of what December was kind of when like the nail was in the coffin, but uh in November, December, uh my girlfriend and I broke up. Um and then uh she it was just kind of like I was trying to salvage something that was sort of dying and I was whatever. So I was very very sad.
0: Which wasn't like him. For people who
2: know me, I'm not a very sad person. Um, so I was trying to figure out like How can I express this with, like, what would be Ryan's way to express all this transition and all this kind of a little bit of like hardship and really it's like first world problems but like emotional nonetheless and you know a lot of these situations are what comedians talk about the recent breakup or you know a new job or a new whatever so while I was in a house uh, that was super expensive and I was trying to find a job and the house was disgusting and everything I decided that I wanted to start doing improv and stand up again so I went to open mics and I went to do the Second City Classes and um, it was like by the the second I got involved in that again, it was like um, it was like I got bit by the butt. Like, like, you know, performance came back into my life, and you know, I had that direction again. And you know, I was able to talk about a lot of the things that I was going through through the medium of an open mic or through the medium of performance. So, So,
0: as Ryan was getting back on track with his own life, that's when he got an idea.
2: I was on a train talking to my friend, Damon Royster, and I was telling him about all like, just like the dumb problems that I was going through and like, just all the craziness that was happening in my life. And him talking about his craziness that was happening in his life. And we just kept going back and forth. And, you know, we kept laughing at each other because we were like, oh my God, like that really happened. Oh my God, that, I can't believe that's happening. And that laughter, you know when i was telling about the idea i was like you know what about doing it was kind of like when you are digging and you see something really cool it's not like gold or anything but like when you're a little kid you like digs for something and you like found like find like a really cool thing and you like try to show all your friends Right. And, and just the attitude that you have about it is like, this is the coolest thing I've ever discovered. You know, it was finally like when when you are in the real world and you have a directionless life and you finally find a direction that like you found like a glimpse of a direction, you hold on to that. So when I was on the train, it was like. I found that cool gem or I found that piece of direction and everything in my brain clicked like I was ready just to like take out loans and like just work a million jobs just so I can fund this project.
0: Ryan sitting there looks at Damon and says, I think, I think that there's a thing
2: where people who are comedians or people who are amateur comedians, maybe they want to try stand up, whatever, have a, some sort of have some sort of story to tell through an open mic sort of forum type of place or space. You know, you kind of you, you can kind of relate it to shows like Louis, you know, where he has his stand up and he does, you know, some inspired story from his life, from that standup. And so what I'm doing is sort of around the same thing that, but instead of kind of inspiring a story, they're all true stories. And it's a, it's like a retelling of that story, um, for an audience. And, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, as you know, dramatic or, you know, impactful. It can just be something that is something that that is interesting, that people can go, oh, I've been there. Oh, I know how people react. And that's kind of the reaction I had when I was watching those comedians. Oh, I felt that way. Oh, that's, that's why that's so funny.
0: So Ryan and Damon get off the train and immediately start working. They start contacting anybody and everybody that they think can help them get this idea off the ground. And just like the film The Field of Dreams, people started joining their efforts. In February, their idea came to fruition. On Valentine's Day, Ryan and his friends posted the first episode from a series they called Open Mic. Hello.
2: Uh,
1: my name is Roby. Uh, I'm 25. I just turned 25. and
2: So I think Roby is uh, one of the best storytellers I've met. Um in my time on Earth. And uh, that's why I wanted her in this first episode.
0: Roby's episode briefly follows her on her journey with her father.
1: When I was 20, my dad had a stroke which left him with aphasia, which is a neurological disorder that makes him think that all of his words are coming out perfectly, but actually they're just random nouns. Uh, Like when he's trying to say like, I would like a box of crackers, it comes out as yellow tub wheels. And when he wants to go to the bathroom, it's yellow tub wheels. It's a process.
2: Like throughout the process, (laughs) she was, you know, I just, I saw her kind of enjoy the story uh, as it sort of unfolded. And it, it was a little scary for her at first because she was like, uh, you know, my parents are on Facebook and, you know, how are they going to react if they see the video and all that other stuff?
1: So I still try to have conversations with my dad and I'll be like, hey, dad, you want to go for a walk? And he'll be like, ah, flip paper scooter. Great. <laughs> or like, hey, dad, what do you want for dinner tonight?
2: Ah, and, uh, and
1: gurgle, piss, cock. Yum
2: you know it we we made it so that it was a very comfortable and empowering experience for her and it sort of set the bar for what we're trying to achieve
1: i know these stories it sounds like i'm making this up but i swear to god it's all true i'm a am a very lucky girl let's see if i can end this on a positive note uh I went to a funeral a couple months ago. After the funeral, I went back home to visit with my father and we're sitting on the couch and just watching the Ellen DeGeneres show, which is what we always do because he loves Ellen DeGeneres. So wherever you are, Miss DeGeneres, thank you. I look at my dad and I'm just like, you know, I still need you. Dad, I love you a lot and I know that your life isn't easy and I'm really glad that you stick around. And he's just like, ah, purple. You know, and I get really frustrated and I like pack up my things to like walk away angrily and as I'm leaving he grabs my hand and just in perfect English, he looks me straight in the eye and just goes,
2: You know I love you very much, right?
1: And I was shocked, you know, we have this real cathartic moment where I'm just like, I love you too, dad, and we hug, you know, and then he's just like, ah, purple. And it's just gone.
2: Her parents ended up watching it. And I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and they loved it. They thought it was great. So she, you know, it, it's, it's, it's even cooler that the story was able to be told the way that, it, that she wanted it to be. And it was honest. And that, that honesty brought a sense of community between her and her family.
0: And that's the reason why we're telling this story. Because in this open space both parties the performer and the audience members get the opportunity to walk away with something special even though the conversation is one sided
2: the people that i try that, that are doing the project they're trying to they're trying to express the breaking point in their lives to somebody which is sometimes the most terrifying thing someone can do but giving them that space and giving them that feel you know they go through that that process and that feeling you know, they end up stronger and more empowered uh, at the end of the day. And so that's why I hope to continue to bring more comedians who want to do this project with me, who want to, um, you know, shed some sort of emotional clothing (laughs) from their bodies. The real world is weird and people are weird. And sorry, like whatever, like meeting people is weird and talking to them is hard. And, uh, you know, people have, you know, really, Crappy days, and sometimes it's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, like what movie this is from, but like, you know, it's like sometimes you like gotta dance. It's like sometimes you gotta just say a joke. Sometimes you don't know how to express what you want to express in the regular world, and and you would really start bottling up a lot of crazy, crazy stuff that happens in your mind and your brain, and you know, afterwards, it's just kind of like after, you know, for me at least, and for these comedians, open mic and is is the only way they know how to say the story.
0: Man, like, it's weird that you you kind of look back at all the, like, struggles that you had, and you're like, well, it, it, possibly if you didn't have, you know, kind of that struggle of, like, man, this is frustrating, you wouldn't have had that click of, like, you know, everybody's got these stories, and this is fascinating.
2: Well, totally, and and it's like you know, it goes back to like, everything happens for a reason or, you know, a certain struggle happens for, uh, for some sort of reason. And and you're right. If, if everything was just like happy-go-lucky for me, um, which I know we all wish for sometimes that conversation on the train maybe would have never happened. Maybe this, this interview would never happen. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the problems that I'm facing right now and the hardships I'm facing right now, because it gives me an opportunity to go somewhere. You know, there's, it's, you know, much like a, I guess we want to make some sort of analogy or some sort of illustration, you know, like a train that has a direction. I I was a train that's kind of got derailed for a while and now I'm back on track and I'm trying to um, help and give people the opportunity to, also get their lives back on track by just talking about it and or or this is even weird but like accepting the fact that even though you were on a certain track and you change tracks that's okay like that you are a you are a different person now because of it that's fantastic and that should be encouraged so you know that's what the feeling is the feeling is accepting where you're going and accepting that where you're going might be unknown and accepting that the, you know, I think the end of Roby's episode says it best, you know, she doesn't know if he's getting better or if they're getting better, but she's a very lucky girl. You know, that line right there really kind of, you know, uh, envelops the idea that people don't always know what the next step is. People don't always know what the next sense of direction is. And maybe the only way to figure that out is to dive in headfirst into the unknown and dive in headfirst into something that's uncomfortable, like a hardship.
0: that's our show thanks for listening oh wait a second one more thing also don't forget to check out the episodes of open mic on youtube the first one is brilliant and we didn't do it justice because we're an audio podcast and well you know all right now back to the end Special thanks to Ryan Cashman for letting us interview him, as well as Roby Mahan for her performance. Also, we'd like to thank Singing in the Rain, Saturday Night Live, and David Spade for audio clips and sound. Last but not least, I'd like to thank the loudspeaker staff, past and present, for their contribution. This includes, but not limited to, Amanda Boats, Anda Katie Leidman, Michael Kelly, Daniel Whedon, Amanda Stoffel, the two Matts, Brock Engmeyer, and as always, Barb. I'm Chandler Johnson, and I'll see you when I see you. Coming up on loudspeaker regrets
1: and regrets and, and regrets and and. and. Regrets and 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 I became regrets and 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 I became regrets and, and human children never couldn't keep up with and never couldn't keep up with and pushing me out into the spotlight pushing me out into the. Sp- and never stopped crawling and i became this terrified and i became this terrified no no human children.
0: no